0: with you i don't care i mean you can pray at home god doesn't care where you pray i certainly don't care where you pray but pray that's what the deal is prayer and fasting and i will be here five to seven those four days if you want to stay to 7 30 i'm committed to 7 30 so don't don't uh put it off because you don't want to come or you can't stay 10 minutes of prayer is better than a lot better than no prayer at all okay so now then i've just about said everything i'm going to say it's and it's up to Miss Faith.
1: Yeah, I agree. You ought to clap for that. Yes. So we're going to open up the church. So before we do BGMC, I um, just want to, he alluded to the prayer and fasting that um, Sister Kim and I both had the same idea. of what Brother Joseph encouraged us with. Uh, last Sunday night just really pricked our hearts. And so um, we got with the deacons and with their approval, we have we have a calendar out front on the information booth with a highlighter. You don't have to write your name down because this is not a competition to who can pray and fast the most. But we encourage everybody to sign up to pray and fast. Just highlight the day you're doing it. And if you want to do more than one day, hallelujah. I mean, in my heart, if we can get the whole month of May totally covered in highlights, not just one highlight each day, that would be to the glory of God. Because we need to be praying and fasting for God to call the exact right pastor to our church. And the more that we pray and fast together corporately, we will be drawn corporately closer to God. And if we're all closer to God, guess what? We'll be in unity And there won't be a problem about disunity. So I really encourage you to sign up to pray and fast and to do it. You may not can fast an entire day without food. That's okay. God knows where you're at. So he may tell you to fast every day and not have any sugar or sweets or whatever. God will lay it on your heart exactly what you need to do. But please seek him and do it. And in addition to the opening the church what I'm thrilled to hear that they're doing um don't forget that this church is open before every service an hour before because they practice worship and they don't care if we're in here praying and if you don't if it distracts you for them to be practicing worship while you're praying you can go into a Sunday school room but please Come and pray before services, too. It's open at 9 o'clock on Sundays. It's open at 5 o'clock on Sunday and 6 o'clock on uh, Wednesday. So it's open beforehand. And you don't have to come at 9 a.m. if you don't go to Sunday school and you don't want to go to Sunday school. I encourage you to come to Sunday school. But if you don't, come and pray anyway before the service encourage you to do that so bgmc so today i guess we're a little short on kids today but but you know what we're going to take up a bgmc offering anyway because that's just how i am anyway (laughs) anyway um um, we do actually have a couple of kids out in the audience so when we get ready um we'll be teaching them about brazil and what all bgmc is doing in brazil if some of y'all remember um two christmases ago the Oklahoma missionary that we supported for family that we did Christmas with Um, they're in Brazil and doing a wonderful work um, with uh, children and opening up the work into the jungles there and so there's a lot going on in Brazil and we'll be telling the kids all about that today all right Lord, I just pray that you would bless this BGMC offering and that you would bless the missions offering, Lord, and the regular offering, Lord, that people would give from the heart sacrificially to make your kingdom come here on the earth. For, Lord, it is all about you. All about you, Lord. The work, Lord, it is your work. It is your kingdom. Help us to partner with you and be willing, Lord, to give deeply from to spread your kingdom all around the earth. In the name of Jesus, amen. Y'all come.
0: I knew y'all you thought you'd seen the last of me today, but one more time, uh, guys, it's going to take the offering. We're going to go ahead and take it. If y'all come up, whoever is. Um, I also, I want to, for this week when I open the church, I would like for you to come in the back door, if you don't mind. Um, I don't want to open all the doors because then I got to go around and lock them all back up. But anyhow, if y'all will come to the back door. Lord, we're thankful, Heavenly Father, for the opportunity to come and be in your presence. We know, Lord, that you always show up if we will just come and meet you, Heavenly Father. Thank you, dear Lord, for the many blessings that you bestow upon us. We pray, Lord, that you will bless this offering and use it for the glory of God, for your kingdom, for your work, for your people, Heavenly Father. In Christ's precious name we pray. Amen.
2: Go ahead and start that first Lord. Father, we want to thank you for provision this morning, God. We want to thank you, Father, for doing the unthinkable, God, for our favor, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Just play that again. us see if we can just quiet our souls this morning so we can just hear the presence of the Spirit for what he's speaking this morning. God, just help us to block everything out, Lord. It's just you and me, Lord. His throne and we sing that part that says the bell is torn and the doors fling wide and I say glory as I run inside the throne room before you and I bow Father help us to run before the throne room God whatever the situation may be help us to run to you Father Father we just want to see your face this morning we just want to bow before you God In reverence, God. In honor. With gratitude, Father. With expectation. With anticipation, God. Of your move in this place this morning. Father, make yourself known to us in a personal place, God. On a personal level, Father. And then use all of that to bring us closer together for you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Oh, the Lord seated on his throne he was clothed in glory exalted high and the train Throw, feel the temple as the angels circle round him and they cried you
3: you just join me and let's worship him. Lord, we bless you. We magnify Jesus. We declare holy, holy, holy. Lord God Almighty, Lord, we long for the day when the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the Lord. We long for the day when every knee will bow and every tongue confess that you alone are Lord. And Lord, right now, right here in this place, today, Lord, of our own free will, we proclaim Jesus Christ as Lord. We say, holy, holy, holy. You are God perfect. You're God without flaw. You're God without fault. You are God without failure. We declare holy. Holy, holy is our God. We bless your name. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I sense a spirit of revival coming to this church. I thank God for the stirring of his Holy Spirit. Can you say amen? Amen, amen. I want to go into a prayer time with you this morning, and, and I brought my anointing oil Um, I had someone kind of a combination of just being sweet and also being maybe a little bit funny. They said, hey, we gave you a week off last week, you know, and I didn't get to be with you last week. But I think I've been with you enough that you know my heart. And I bring my anointing oil and I want to be able to pray for you in whatever need you may have. One of the traits that I see over and over more than once just before Jesus does a miracle. The person is brought to Jesus or the person makes their way to Jesus or Jesus makes their way to them, but they come into contact. And over and over, I I see Jesus do something and he he does this. He says, what do you want me to do for you? And I, in fact, in the story today, that's what happens. There's an individual that has a need. and, And I'll tell you, the need is very obvious. And Jesus says, What do you what do you want me to do for you? And I I know there would be people maybe around that would say, Hey, don't you notice he's blind? It's pretty obvious that. But the reality is this, Jesus was asking you, the individual, what do you want me to do for you? And so the question was not to those that were around, because blind Bartimaeus had been blind for quite a while. They knew he was blind. It's pretty obvious to anybody that was there that he wants healing of his blindness. But Jesus still asks the question, what do you want me to do? You've got to recognize something very important, church, and that is is this, your mama can't do it for you. Your daddy can't do it for you. The preacher can't do it for you. You've got to be willing to seek God for yourself. What do you want God to do for you? And that's this prayer line. And so as we go into a prayer line, what I ask you is what do you want God to do for you? Whatever your need is, I believe there's an answer. I believe Jesus Christ is greater than our biggest need. Can you say amen? In fact, let's just kind of evaluate that a moment just before we go to prayer. If there was a need that is a need that we all share and probably our greatest need that we share is the fact that one day we will die. But I get to tell you that Jesus conquered our greatest need. If you remember with me, there was a widow in, uh, in Nan, the city of Nan. They were having a funeral procession, and Jesus interrupted the funeral procession and, and brought that young man back to life. If you remember, there was Lazarus that was stinking dead. He hadn't been dead for three days. By now he stinketh. And the reality is, is if you remember with me, Jesus went and stood at the tomb and said, Lazarus, come forth. And it came out. The reality is our greatest need, yeah, probably death, but the reality is Jesus conquered, overcame our greatest need. And so if you're here this morning, you are battling cancer. If you're here this morning, you want your marriage restored. If you're here this morning, you want delivered from any addiction whatsoever. You want delivered from porn. You want delivered from uh, some type of chemical drug. I'm going to tell you, not all drugs are bought under in the black market. There's some drugs you get from a pharmacy. And God may be dealing with you about some pharmaceutical drug. When you go back to the original Greek of the word sorcery, the word sorcery comes from a word pharmenica. Literally, it's where we get the word pharmacy. And I believe that there is such a thing as depending too much on the things of man and not enough on God. Now, I'm not telling you what to do. I'm telling you this. Jesus is asking you, what is your need? What do you want God to do for you? If you're here this morning, you have a need, you want to give to the Lord, would you please just come and stand across the front? I want to anoint you with oil. We're going to pray for God's miracle for you. I'd like to invite the deacons and the deacon's wives and anyone else that would like to join us. If you would, I'd like to invite you to come and stand with us in prayer. God bless you, dear.
2: To. I'm having to eat i not worth it. you.
3: Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In fact, let's do that together. Let's just thank him together. Lord, thank you. Thank you that every need yielded to you that, Lord, you have taken. And thank you, Lord, for the answer. Our trust, our confidence is in you. Thank you for your every promise. Thank you for every provision. And thank you for meeting in these needs. We declare you the answer. And we come back and say, Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for meeting with us. And thank you for that special touch. To you be the glory, Lord. Amen. Amen. God is good. Amen. God bless your hearts. You can be seated. I love Jesus. How about you? Amen. Love the Lord. God bless you. Thank you for being here this morning. Thank you, musicians. Julie, bless your heart. We appreciate y'all very, very much. Would you be a blessing to them, please? Just encourage them. What a blessing you are. I think we've already received offering, and so I don't have to take care of any business. Uh, I'll just tell you that I I hold my pledge to you, and that is I'm going to stay with you until you get your next pastor. Okay? And yeah, and I hold that pledge. and. And I hope you continue to like me, and, and uh, it's going to be a test today, okay, with this message. I will tell you beyond a shadow of a doubt, and Paula, my wife, is my witness. She lives with me, and that is, is that I have prayed for you every day, and I've been carrying this burden for this church. And, and if you don't mind, again, I'm, I'm very transparent with you, very open. I've really fallen in love with you. I really do. I really love this church. And, and I really do care about you. And I'll, I'll tell you that when I go through this prayer line, the Lord lays upon my mind the need and in my personal prayer time at home. Now, I don't know your names, but I, I pray, I, and, and I'll just kind of tell you how I pray. Lord, I pray for that man that sits in the back that's been battling cancer. You know who he is. And God, I pray your healing touch for him. And he sat right back there. I pray for that lady that sits on the left-hand side that came up, are you with me? And I may not know your need, but I still intercede for you. And I I pray for y'all. And it is a delight for Paul and I to be able to be with you. We are going to, again, be here with you. And we're going to be working with the deacon board, encouraging them, encouraging the body. Because revival is here. I'm going to quit saying revival is coming. I'm going to start saying revival is here. And all we want to do is add a pastor to the revival that God has already started, amen? And I believe you're right on track. I believe your personal opinion, not that you asked me, but I'm full of opinions. And that is, I've always said opinions are like belly buttons. Everybody's got one, you know? And so I'm willing to show you my belly button, no, my, my opinion. And my, my opinion is, I believe you're exactly in God's will. The reason I say that is because we're praying. And when we pray and things don't work out like we thought they should, we have somebody we're trusting and he must know something we don't know. So we're right where God wants us as a church and we're anticipating what God wants to do. If you would, please get out your Bible. When you get out your Bible, uh, if you would, please find with me Mark. Uh, Oh, I better turn that thing on, hadn't I? I? Did everything but turn it on. There we go. If you would, please find Mark chapter 10. Here is the title of the message, and that's Hungry. Hungry for change. Let me ask a question. How many people here are hungry for a change? Okay. I pray that if I ask that question at the end, every hand will go up. Because biblically, every hand should go up. Father, I pray for your anointing upon your word. May your word come alive. We want your word. We don't want man's opinion. We don't want the popular opinion. We don't even want denomination, assemblies of God opinion. We want you. So, Lord, may your word come alive to our hearts and may the outcome of your spoken word be everything you want it to be, Father, for these people this time right now. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would please, Mark chapter 10, it is the story of a gentleman who is blind. If you will, and beginning with verse 46, it says... Now they came to Jericho As Jesus went out of Jericho With his disciples And a great multitude Blind Bartimaeus The son of Timaeus Sat by the road begging And when he, Bartimaeus Heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth He began to cry out and say Jesus, son of David Have mercy on me Then many warned him to be quiet, but he didn't. It says that, but he cried out all the more. And this is what he said, son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus stood still and commanded him, Bartimaeus, to be called. Then they called the blind Bartimaeus, saying to him, be of good cheer, rise, he is calling you. And throwing aside his garment, he rose and he came to Jesus. So Jesus answered and said to him, here's that question. What do you want me to do for you? Now, I think again, and I'm not being mal- Well, yeah, I may be a little bit mouthy. But I think again, it's pretty obvious what he wants. Would you say yes? I mean, the guy's blind. And, and now he's been, beg- he'd been crying out, okay? But Jesus wants... To hear it from him and so jesus answered and said to him what do you want me to do for you the blind man said to him rabboni that i may receive my sight then jesus said to him go your way your faith has made you well and immediately he received his sight and followed jesus on the road and i gotta say amen i I love that i love that story If you will, let's break it down just a little bit, and and I am a preacher teacher, and so let's get a little bit of teaching, let's understand what we're looking at. Verse 46 is the only place in Scripture where you'll see the name Bartimaeus. I'd say probably if you've been a Christian for very long, when I say Bartimaeus, uh, you're pretty familiar with the name. It's only mentioned one time. If you have a PC study Bible, put in Bartimaeus in the concordance, search it out, and you'll see one time, and it's here in Mark. Um, If you will, Mark, Matthew 20 and 30 is the same timeline. If you've got your Bible open, chapter 11 is triumphal entry. So we have the time frame. Mark chapter 11 is the triumphal entry. So Jesus is going from Jericho to Jerusalem, and the next event is triumphal entry into the city. Mark places his focus upon Bartimaeus. There's an argument that some people have, and I, I even deal with the arguments of Scripture because I love looking at all of them. Because some people use this story, and they say that the Bible's not consistent. Because when you go back to Matthew chapter 20, it tells us that there was two blind men. Okay, now, notice with me. Uh, Bartimaeus, the word bar in front of somebody's name means son of. Uh, if you will, Simon bar Jonah is Simon son of Jonah. So bar in front of a name means son of. Now notice with me, Mark places his focus on Bartimaeus. This is what the truth has got to be in my evaluation. One is three men were healed. There was two on one occasion according to Matthew 20. And then now this is another healing. Or Bartimaeus was the only one that Mark knew by name. And so he refers to Bartimaeus. Or Bartimaeus was the more vocal He was the one that received more attention. There was two and Bartimaeus is the one speaking up. Or Mark felt the need to focus on only one of the two. I don't believe it's a uh, a, a conflict in Scripture. Uh, I believe that, yes, there could have been two, and we're only talking about one of the two guys. Uh, some people want to look at anything that would be classified as maybe a mistake in Scripture, and they want to build some type of argument about God. The reality is, I don't care if it was one, I don't care if it was two. I know one of them, his name was Bartimaeus. Uh, If you will, in Bartimaeus, we see three required traits if we want a spiritual change. Okay, let me ask again. How many people would like to see a change in this church? Hold up your hand. We're voting, and and God's looking. No, come on, come on, get with me a moment. Air your armpit just a minute. Here we go. Uh, I would like to see a change. Uh, I'll tell you one change I'd like to see. I'd like to see you get a pastor. Somebody that's not going to be traveling. Well, beautiful drive from Mustang this morning. Thank God for a beautiful drive. But you need somebody that lives here. You need somebody that is going to be here Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, going to visit you when you go to the hospital, going to marry your kids, going to bury your dead, uh, going to be here as your spiritual. Anybody say amen? Uh, you need that. You, you want that. That's a change that we want in this church. Let's see what is necessary for us to experience change. Number one, you got to desire it. you got to want it. Spiritual change is not going to happen in your life automatically. It's only going to happen because you want it. You will not accidentally read through the Bible in one year. I've done it a few times. You're going to have to read four chapters every day. If you miss one day, next day you're going to have to read eight. If you miss three days, it's 12. Anybody with me? You're not going to accidentally get up every morning and spend time in prayer. You're not going to... Thank God for the emphasis in prayer. I hadn't heard that till this morning. Uh, I turned to Paul and I said, I think they got it. Are you with me? I think you got it, church. You're not going to see change until you seek God. Thank God for the emphasis in prayer. And the reality is, it won't happen by accident. You're only going to make one of these prayer meetings because you put forth the effort to be here. Anybody say Amen? Change is not going to come automatic. It's going to come because you want it. You got a number one desire. It. Bartimaeus had a desire to see. He didn't want to be blind anymore. He was ready to be whole, to be complete, to be without a limitation. He wanted to be something other than a beggar, if you will. He reached the place that he wanted more for his life than what he had. He recognized that there would not be a better opportunity. I'm going to tell you, I believe that we're living in the last days. With all my heart, I believe that there's not a better opportunity for Lone Grove Assembly of God Church to experience a revival. Not a better opportunity. I'm convinced that God wants us to go out like we came in in Acts. He wants us to go out with a spirit of revival. Okay, this is the only record of Jesus visiting Jericho. Jericho is located 15 miles outside of Jerusalem, so it's very close to Jerusalem. Bartimaeus had this desire to to be changed. I want you to see something with me that you do not want to be, and that is you do not want to be stiff-necked. If I was to ask, okay, how many people want to change? Hands would go up. That's people who desire change. If there'd be anybody, and I didn't see this, and and I didn't scan 100%, but uh, I didn't see it. If somebody was like this, I ain't changing. Okay, let me tell you what your problem is. One is you need to pray through. And the other is you're stiff-necked. The word stiff neck is, is nine times in Scripture. It means hard, obstinate, stubborn in their willingness to turn and change. If you will, Exodus 32 and 9, none of these are good. Uh, God was ready to destroy Israel. He said, I have seen these people, the Lord said to Moses, and they are a stiff-necked people. Now leave me alone so that my anger may burn against them. Man, God God told Moses, step back. I'm going to kill them and I'm going to start over with you. Why? Because their inability to change. If you will, Deuteronomy 10 and 16 says, Circumcise your heart, therefore, and do not be stiff necked any longer. In other words, make your heart vulnerable. Please, make your heart tender. Uh, Circumcise your heart, make your heart tender. So you'll recognize you need a change. Uh, If you will, 2 Chronicles 30 and 8 do not be stiff necked as your fathers were. Submit to the Lord, come to church, come to the sanctuary. Please notice what he's saying. Do not be stiff-necked like the example that you had before you, your fathers. Listen to me. Identify the stiff-necked people in the church and don't be like them. I know some people want to be, I'm super spiritual. I'm the spiritual backbone of this church. I don't need to change. Let me tell you, you need to change. Um, Jeremiah 17 and 23, they were stiff-necked and would not listen or respond to discipline. See, there's a good definition of of stiff-necked. They won't listen, and they won't respond to correction. They won't respond to discipline. See, there is a rebuke and a condemnation from the Lord. Now, please get this, church, because we're all in the same boat here. There is a rebuke and a condemnation from the Lord for people unwilling to change. Life is full of change. you got to be willing to change. If you will, notice with you, and I'm going to support everything I say with Scripture. Notice with you what Scripture refers to as the Christian life. In the New Testament, Christianity is compared to a walk, Galatians 5 and 16, walk in the Spirit, Ephesians, walk in love, compared to a run, 1 Corinthians 9 and 24, run in such a way that you may obtain the prize. Um, It's compared to a fight, uh, 1 Timothy 6 and 12, fight the good fight of faith. What do all three of these have in common? The thing that they all three have in common is they're all moving. Yeah, yeah. Uh, fight. Trust me, if you stand still in a fight, you're going to get your <laughs> jaw knocked off. Are you with me? If you stand t- you better move. And so the reality is all of that represents movement. Walk, yes. run, fight. Yes. You know, get active. Be willing to change. I'm going to tell you, Christianity is not a standstill. Uh, if you if, the bad thing about reaching a pinnacle is you have nowhere to go, but down. I've reached a pinnacle in Christ. No, it's constant walk, run, fight. It's a constant, continual movement. In the New Testament, again, if you would please notice with me, Christianity is referred to and characterized by growth, second Peter three and eighteen, but grow in the grace and the knowledge. Of our lord and savior jesus christ it doesn't say reach the place where you know it all it says continue to grow in the knowledge of the lord and savior jesus christ it says draw near draw near to god and he'll draw near to you james 4 and 8 hunger and thirst jesus in matthew 5 and 6 blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they shall be filled so notice with me again every one of these represent open to change growth is change drawing near is change hunger and thirst is change. So what I would do is I'd bring all of those words up, and you can see that every one of them represent an individual willing to be something that they're not today, willing to change, willing to draw closer to the Lord, willing to hunger and thirst for the Lord. Not say I'm full or I don't want any more. No, I hunger and thirst for the Lord. I want more. Can you say, Amen? Okay, now whoever would say they do not, and let me preach to you now, I don't preach to you to make you mad at me, I preach to you to give you the truth. Whoever would say they do not desire change is someone who is, and I've shown it with scripture, is stiff necked, rebellious, hard of heart, complacent, apathetic, indifferent, settled, self righteous, prideful, and arrogant. That's the individual that says, Y'all just go ahead and have revival. I'm already just fine. That's the individual that is stiff necked. Pause for an amen. amen. Quit. N- no, no rocks yet. Okay, here we go. Whoever would say they do not desire change in their spiritual condition has stopped walking, they have stopped running, they've stopped fighting they've stopped growing, they stopped drawing near, they stopped hungering, they stopped thirsty. Anybody say amen? I proved it to you with scripture. I mean, you can't argue with me because it's not me, it's scripture. If you've got a problem, take it up with the author. For this church to stay alive, for this church to stay vibrant, you need believers who are willing to change. you got to change. The church is going to die if you don't change. This is our 10th Sunday with you. I feel like I've been with you long enough that I can preach to you. And I I told you I love you. I fell in love with you. But the reality is, whoever loves their kids wants to correct them when they need corrected. A church dies when believers stop desiring change. Trust me. This past week was the uh, Oklahoma District Council of the Assemblies of God. We were there uh, this week. And the reality is, not every church has a good report. There are churches that are closing down all across America. And i got to say, God help us. Uh, the, one of the statistics that we're give, was given is that we have over 450 Assembly of God churches in Oklahoma, and we have over 2,500 dispensaries in Oklahoma, marijuana dispensaries. That tells you we've got a problem. Anybody say amen? I mean, we got 450 churches and 2,500 marijuana stores. God help us. Amen. And that's Oklahoma. Yes. That's the buckle of the Bible belt. Yes. God help us. Okay, what change am I talking about? Because just to keep it clear, because I I don't want any questions. And and I think, you know, even now when I preach, I want you to be able to leave there and say, wow, I know what that guy said. I don't want you to leave and say, well, I wonder what he meant by that. I'm going to tell you. What change are we talking about? Change in desiring the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Change in desiring to grow in the knowledge of God's Word. Uh, bringing your Bible and and bringing maybe a notebook and saying, I want to grow in the knowledge of the Lord. Change and desire to operate in the gift of the Holy Spirit that God has invested in you. Because the reality is if you're a Christian, there is a gift that God has invested in you and you need to start operating that gift. You need to change and getting aggressive and bringing in lost souls. Let me say that again. You need to you need change in getting aggressive and bringing in lost souls. This is not a bless me club of a bunch of Christians patting each other on the back. We need to reach the lost and get them in here so they can hear, feel the Holy Spirit drawing them, hear the gospel, and respond with salvation. Uh, we need change in letting praise and worship be focused on God and not the style nor the leader. Uh, we need to change in focusing and or refocusing uh, and becoming a, a, des- a desperate Christian interceding for your lost family. If you've got any lost kids, any lost grandchildren, you ought to be desperate in your intercession for their soul. We need to change in refusing to accept the physical or spiritual limitation that you're dealing with. I don't care what the physical or spiritual limitation you're dealing with. God wants to make you better than that. God wants to get you over that. You might say, well, spiritual limitations is, oh, I could never be used by God. you got this false humility. Let me tell you, quit getting over that false humility because that's the devil lying to you. And you need to step out by faith and let God use you. God wants to use you. If you will, change in supporting this church and backing this ministry and becoming a source of help. Uh, You need to find your place in this body. I'm going to tell you the thing that will make you a part of this body is when you start investing your gifts, talents, abilities. Be a greeter, help with the kids, help with the youth. Find your place wherever God wants you. Bartimaeus shows us three required traits necessary to spiritual change. Number one, you got to desire it, you got to want it. Number two, you're going to have to persevere for it, you got to persevere for change. Bartimaeus cried out to Jesus for change, verse 48. Then many warned him to be quiet. Okay, now please look at me. And again, I've been a pastor a while, and I've been around Christians quite a bit. When you begin to respond to God's desire to be everything God wants you to be, when the spirit of revival comes to this church, which it is here, it's coming even more, understand there's going to be critics I'd love for everybody, man, I have seen very few 100% votes. It'd be great if everybody got on board, but there's always going to be critics. Verse 48 says, then many warned him to be quiet. Shut up, Bartimaeus, quit hush. Critic. NIV, many rebuked him and told him to be quiet. See, critics surface when a believer begins desire to change. You may be here this morning, you just accepted the Lord. You may be here this morning, rededicate your life to the Lord today. And I'm going to tell you, when you start showing your hunger for God, critics are going to surface. They will say, there is nothing to that baptism the Holy Spirit. They'll say, you don't need to grow in the Word. They'll say, the church doesn't want you to, to be able to operate in a gift. They'll, they'll say, don't get too burdened down for the loss. They'll say something like, I don't uh, like that praise and worship, and, and I'm going to rebel. I want you to be hateful towards that praise and worship team just like I am. Uh, they'll say, don't be stirred about supporting this church. God will provide. Let somebody else do that. Critics will surface. Uh, verse 48 tells us that Bartimaeus... Cried out the more. I love that. See, when you establish that I'm going to go forward, whether if I'm the only one that's going forward, I'm still going to go forward. You're going to let God silence the critics. Uh, Bartimaeus, he cried out all the more. "I I want God more than I did yesterday. See, Bartimaeus refused to listen to the critics. I'm going to tell you, church, quit listening to the critics. They're always going to be there. I have found that you can, even as a pastor, something I'd learned by mistake is we had a church of about 600 people uh, running about 600 every Sunday morning in Coweta. And we had a group of people that found, uh, come to the decision that they didn't like me. Uh, they didn't like me as the pastor. We were too aggressive in reaching lost souls. And, and we were messing up the little church having so many, you know, people coming in. And it was just messing up their little church. And so they decided they didn't like me. And I found out that it was roughly about maybe 5% of the congregation, 30 people. And the reality is, is I heard that and it it broke my heart for one thing, that they didn't like me. And then what I found is that just became a fester, a cancer in my heart that just really so affected me. And then it affected how I treated the 95% of the congregation. And it's only 5%. And what I let happen as a pastor, I let 5% of the congregation influence me in how I treated 100% of the body. And that was wrong on my part. So in other words, what I'm going to tell you is this. Don't let the minority control the majority. Uh, If you've got just a few loudmouth minorities that are loudmouth talking critics, the reality is you need to stand against the loudmouth few minority and be a majority that stands against them, hungry for the revival that God's wanting to bring. Amen. Now, there are activities in this church that must be seen as more important than they are now. Now, I'm going to be that bold with you. There's some activities in this church that need to be seen as more important than they are. For example, amen, me if you agree with me. If you don't agree with me, just sit real quiet. It is important that preschool children hear about Jesus. It's important that elementary children grow in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Uh, It's important that junior high through college students see Jesus as being relevant in their life, relevant in this culture today. Uh, It's important that adults be reached with salvation and be discipled to become strong, immovable believers. Amen. Amen. I think most of you agree with those. These represent crying out for change. Uh, We're going to start having a preschool ministry. We're going to start having a children's ministry. We're going to have a focused ministry on the junior high and high school. Uh, We're going to have discipleship classes. And then there's always going to be people who say, Why do you want to do that? There's always going to be critics. We can't let the critics keep us from doing what we know the Holy Spirit is stirring us to do. Bartimaeus, he, he, say what you want to, I'm getting to Jesus. He cried out all the more. Now, when we need, we need perseverance in crying out to Jesus for change. Here's something that is obvious. If you continue to do things the same way, you'll continue to get the same results. Are you with me? Uh, I think the definition of lunacy is when you do the things the same way and expect different results. It won't happen. So if you look around and say, okay, this is how I want this church to look 10 years from now. If you do, keep doing what you're doing. We don't want any kids. We had BGMC, and and I I heard Alan and and Faith say, well, there's no kids here to come and stand with us. That ought to break your heart. I'm going to tell you, if this is what you want this church to look like 10 years from now, keep doing what you're doing. But if you look around and say, hey, I want to change, then, then what you're going to have to do is start doing things differently. Okay, uh, I, God help him, please. He's, he's really a sweet guy. He really loves the <laughs> Lord. You know. uh, verse 49, the critics changed position when Jesus called to Bartimaeus. I want you to get that. Because in my years of being a pastor, I see critics change when God begins to move. Um, then the critics Then they called the blind man, saying to him, be of good cheer. Hey, I was with you all the time, bud. I thought that was a great idea. I said, all along we ought to have a youth ministry. I said preschool was important all the time, and they just wouldn't listen to me 10 years ago. Are you with me? It happens every time. Um, Then they called the blind man, saying to him, be of good cheer. Rise, he's calling you. And so this is what I see. When Jesus starts honoring those who have persevered, the critics will jump on board. There's some of you here right now that you have persevered. Some people left. I mean, it's a fact, Jack. They're not here. But you have persevered. Now, you've got to make up your mind, though. Listen to me. Because we see this happen over and over. When God begins to move... The critics are going to want to come back. And you've got to welcome every one of them back with open arms. You've got to welcome them back as if they never left. You've got to welcome them back because, listen to me, we're not putting stars on your head because you persevered. You get a star today. Everybody see my star? No. No. But I'm going to tell you this. Please listen to me. God sees you. And he's the one that counts. And then when these critics want to jump back on board, we need to let them come back. Love them to Jesus. Because understand, we're here to build a kingdom. We're not here to build a church. Some people get that all mixed up. I'm not here to build a church. I'm here to build the kingdom of God. It just so happens that we meet here. Okay, now, if you would, when God brings revival, even the critics will say something like this. Yes, I'm a member of Long Grove Assembly of God, where God is moving, and there's a revival. They'll be quick to say they're a part of it. Uh, they'll say, oh, yes, I-, I used to talk bad about the preacher and the deacon board and the staff, but now God's moving. They'll say something like, oh, yes, I used to attend but oh, about once every three months, but now God's moving. They'll say something like, oh, yes, I used to be critical about all the youth activities and the emphasis on children, but now God's moving. They'll say something like, oh, yes, I used to text during the preaching and make fun of the preacher, but now God's moving. I used to talk about how I liked the only southern gospel, and I didn't like all that new contemporary music, but now God's moving. Are you with me? Yeah. Let me tell you, when God moves, even the critics will jump on board. And how, why will they do it? Because you persevered. I'm going to tell you, thank God for your example of perseverance. There's very few people, very few churches that could go through what you've gone through. I'm going to tell you, you're right in God's will. You're right where God wants you. Just hang on. Continue to persevere. Hungry for change. What are you going to have to have? You're going to have to have desire. Number two, you're going to have to have perseverance. Number three, you're going to have to have faith. You have to have faith for change. If you will, verse 50, faith moved Bartimaeus to throw aside his garment. If you will, notice with me on the screen, and, and this is not by scripture, I tell you this by way of just study. And if you will, Paula told me that this comes from Jerusalem, so that's what this little scarf is. And notice with me, the book is Jewish Insights into the New Testament by Barbara Richman. Bartimaeus needed a license to be a beggar. The license was a specific garment he wore, and the garment was required to be identified as someone that has a true need, being a legitimate beggar. I don't know if you're like me, but uh, Paul and I live in Mustang, and so we're probably about seven miles from the airport, and we go to council, go north, and, and we go to sometimes to the outlet mall. Yeah, Paula, hoorah. <laughs> uh, and, and when you hit I-40 at, at council, on every corner, if you've ever been there, are people standing with buckets panhandling, wanting, wanting money. And I don't know if you're like me, but sometimes I question you know, if, if you're really hungry, man, I'm going to give you money, I'm going to help you. But if you're making more money than I am, and you're just out here, you know what I mean? And so all those things go through your mind. And that's what this does biblically in biblical time. And that was, is for them to be legitimately a beggar. And I, I know I'm a, this is going to be a fashion statement here, but he had to wear a garment. And, and the garment would be just something that he would throw over him. It would be a particular color, and and the garment and the color from a distance, people would be able to identify and look, and they'd say, he's got a license. He's been checked out. His blindness is not fake. You know, you're not a doctor. I'm not a doctor. I don't know if the dude's blind or not. You know, and no, he's blind. He really is. That's what this represents. I'm really blind. I've really got a need. I'm dependent upon you to give so I survive. I need you to be, I'm a beggar. I can't work. I can't provide for myself. That's what this represents. What Scripture says that before he was healed, before the change came, he took this and threw it aside. I'm no longer going to be identified with that. I'm no longer going to be identified as a beggar, as someone who has to have somebody else give to survive. I'm no longer going to be identified or recognized as someone who can't see. Are you with me? Even before Jesus touched him, even before he could see, he said, I'm getting rid of that. He threw his garment aside. Thank God he didn't take it with him. You know, taking it with him, would be saying, well, this may not work out, so I better hang on to this. Are you with me? That's what a lot of us do. I'm going to hang on to the old me. I'm going to hang on to the tradition. We sung southern gospel music at singing on the wall. (laughs) You know, if you really track the history of music in the Assembly of God Church, It used to be nothing but a piano and an organ. I'm going to tell you, back in the 20s, it was an uproar when there was a guitar added. Now we're going (laughs) honky-tonk. Now that Southern, going down to the bar. You can go down to the bar and get that kind of music. What am I talking about? Change. 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 You've got to be willing to change. Amen. And what Bartimaeus said, he, he said, I'm going to change. Yes. Even before the change came, I'm going to tell you the time for you to make up your mind that you're willing to change is now. Yes. Because if you wait, you're not going to be a part of the change. Amen. You're going to be one of the critics, and then it's going to wait until later, and then you're going to be one of the ones that drag your feet into the revival. But God, I'm going to tell you, revival's here. And God wants to increase the revival. And you can make a decision this morning whether you want to be a part of it or not. I want to be a part of it. Amen. I really want to take you into revival before you get a pastor. And I believe God God is honoring that hunger. God wants to move. And man, wouldn't it be great just to pass it? Just hit the ground running with a brand new pastor. A younger guy. It, really, a younger guy. Get somebody with some energy. Amen. Okay. Uh, when, by faith, Bartimaeus threw aside his garment, he was announcing he was no longer a beggar. He never. He no longer wanted to be identified. Now, look at this. That was his identity. Um, this represented his identity. Not just what he had, blindness, but who he was. His identity. It is time to throw aside all labels that you've been carrying. Now, let me talk to you personally. Let's drop the church body. Let me go to you individually. It's time for you to drop whatever label has been placed on you. Throw it aside and remove that from your identity. Well, I'm the one that has really always been rebellious. That's a label. I'm the one that's got a porn addiction. That's a label. I'm the one that has a a bad marriage. That's a label. I'm I'm the one that's been identified in my family as the rebellious kid that's always going to be rebellious. That's the label I carried. It's time to take that label and get rid of it. Whatever it oh, is. I'm the one that's got this addiction. Everybody knows that I'm addicted to this. Uh, I've got a drug addiction. I've got a marijuana addiction. I'm the one that's still smoking. Whatever it is. It's time for us to identify. God wants to bring a change. You're not going to change until you desire it you got a desire to change. You're not going to change until you persevere to get it. And you're not going to change unless you have faith. Faith that believe for it. Uh, you, you may be like me, and, I, and I've, had, uh, I've had labels given me and because I've had five back surgeries. And if you're uh, kind of new today, and I move kind of stiff, I've had five back surgeries, had a hip sur- replacement uh, December uh, 15th of this year. Man, I'm doing really good. I'm getting better. Uh, one of the things that I go to the gym and I do these steps, steps in the gym three, ty- th- three times a week. And I got steps at home. And I'm going to do these steps uh, a little bit smoother every week. And I'm going to get it down to where I got these steps and I don't even slow down. <laughs> There's my target. <clears throat> but the reality is, is I don't like Labels. I don't want to be identified as the guy who you know, was a Tulsa fireman and had back surgery and you know, yada, yada. I don't like labels. Right. Uh, I want to be everything that God wants me to be right. with no label limiting me. That's Bartimaeus. I'm going to get rid of this label identifying me as a beggar. Verse 50 Bartimaeus by faith made his way to Jesus. If you'll notice with me, Bartimaeus throwing aside his garment, notice with me, rose and came to Jesus. I'm gonna give an altar call in a moment. And if you wanna change, you're gonna to have to rise and move towards Jesus. If you'll notice with me, verse 51, Bartimaeus by faith told Jesus exactly what he wanted. See, please, please that is so critical. It's not that Jesus didn't know the guy was blind. He knew the guy was blind. Uh, Jesus knew everything about the traits and characteristics of Bartimaeus. Everything had been revealed to him. But Jesus wanted to know, what do you want me to do for you? Yes, yes. And I love the answer. He didn't say that I would not be a beggar. He didn't say that I would not be blind. He didn't do the negative. He said that I might see. Praise God. That I might see. That my marriage should be restored. That I would have no addiction. That I would be cancer free. Are you with me? I love that answer because it was nothing negative. It's, what do you want? I want to see. He was ready to be whole and complete without limitation. He wanted to be something other than a beggar. He reached the place that he wanted more than what he had in his life. He recognized there's not going to be a better opportunity than right now. The master is calling. The master is calling. I'm going to tell you, there's no better opportunity than right now. I can tell you that through the power of the Holy Spirit, the master is calling this church. Into change. God wants to take you to another place. God wants to take you to, in my personal terminology, to another level. To another level in God. When you reach that level, is there another one? Yeah, there is. It's a constant growth, constant growing, constant going forward. Thank God for waves of revival. I pray for a wave of revival to come to Long Grove Assembly of God Church. I believe God is doing that work right now. My question to you is this. Do you want to be a part of it? Are you willing to change? Let's have prayer. Father, I pray that right now through the power of your Holy Spirit, you'd spread across this congregation. And Lord, I pray that you'd reveal your love, that you'd reveal your will, your plan, your purpose, your design, and that Lord you'd reveal your desire, your desire to meet with each one of us individually. Lord, this morning, we're willing to recognize that we need a change. We don't want to be stiff-necked. We don't want to be obstinate. We don't want to be rebellious against you. We want a tender heart. We want to hear. And we want to obey. And I pray, Father, this morning that you would do a work. Father, I pray for a miracle work of Jesus Christ. May you do what you want to do father accomplish all that you desire and leave nothing out with heads bowed and eyes closed no one looking around I want to give first an opportunity for someone to come to Christ you may be away from the Lord maybe have never known him or maybe just away from him now you just need to let me tell you you just need to come home you need to come back to Christ And I'd love to have a sinner's prayer with you seated right there where you are. And you rededicate your life to Jesus Christ. It's time for your change. It's time for your change. And today's a day for change. And if you'd allow me to lead you in a sinner's prayer seated right there where you are, would you raise your hand right now? Now's the time. I just need to know that you're here. You're not going to be obstinate. You're not going to reject. You're not going to be stiff-necked. You're going to say, I'm ready for change. Any at all. I want to lead you to Christ. Any at all. Thank God for his love. Congregation, would you stand with me, please? Thank you, Father. Lord, thank you for the stirring of your Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord, for the seed of your your presence, your Holy Spirit planted in our hearts. And Lord, I pray that right now, as we give this opportunity, this opportunity for a move towards you That Lord you'd break down every wall that father you'd remove every barrier take away every obstacle in Jesus name with heads bowed eyes closed and out of just being private and personal for every individual you're here this morning what your change you desire is this your desire for change is that you want to draw closer to Jesus Christ would you hold up your hand all across the congregation I want to draw closer to Christ I'm gonna tell you, every hand ought to be up. I wanna draw closer to Christ. I'm gonna tell you, I've got both my hands up. I wanna draw closer. I wanna draw closer. I wanna draw closer to Christ. Hallelujah to Jesus. I wanna ask you this morning, You're here this morning, you wanna see a restoration of your home, your marriage, your family. You're here this morning, you want to see lost kids, lost grandkids saved. You're here this morning, you want healed of cancer. You want to lose that label of being sick and and being an invalid. You wanna get rid of that spirit of infirmity. And you're here this morning, you wanna change from this, you wanna change from that. You wanna change in your finances. You wanna change, if you're here this morning you desire a change, I'm gonna tell you the master is calling but you're gonna have to respond. The altars are here and and this is where you meet with Jesus. Jesus is here and Jesus is calling to you. If you're here this morning, whatever change you need, a change of healing, a change of provision, a change, whatever it is, would you come around these altars and together, let's seek the Lord, come as you, come right now. Father, break down every wall, remove every barrier, take away every obstacle that would attempt to hinder a movement towards you. And, Lord Jesus, just as you called out to Bartimaeus, Lord, this morning, by the power of your Holy Spirit, call out to this congregation. And, Lord, as they move towards you, may they lay aside that label. As they move towards you, may they lay aside that identification. As they move towards you, Lord, may they lay aside that, that barrier, that obstacle that has tried to hinder them in having life and life abundantly, the, the fullness that you want to you give. Lord, as they lay that garment aside, may they lay that identity aside. And Lord, I pray, Father, this morning, you be the healer that by your stripes, Lord Jesus, we are healed. This morning, Lord, you be the deliverer. Those whom you set free, they are free indeed, Lord. May there be a deliverance this morning. We pray, Father, that in the power of your Holy Spirit that you'd move across this congregation. Honor the people moving towards you, Father. Lord, I thank you for the change that you want to bring to Long Grove Assembly. Thank you, Lord. We don't want to continue to do things the same way because, Lord, we're going to get the same results. We want to be willing to change. Bring that revival. Thank you for the revival that's already starting. Thank you for the stirring of your Holy Spirit, the drawing of your love. Father, we pray that you would save the lost, that, Lord, you would deliver the bound, that, Lord, you'd fill the hungry, that, Father, you heal the sick. We pray that, Lord, you'd restore back things that the enemy has destroyed. Be the God. Be the God of restoration. Ikala <laughs> ikala Have your way. Take us forward. Lord, we draw near to you. Lord, we hunger for you. We thirst for you. Lord, we wanna grow in you. Lord, we walk, we run, we fight. We move towards you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. God is so very good. Amen. Would you stand with me and let's. You're invited to be back tonight for a time of praise and worship and and the word and testimony, thank God. That's just a praise and worship time, amen, and time in in the altars praying. Please try to be here if you can. Father, thank you for the stirring of your Holy Spirit. Thank you for what you're doing in Long Grove Assembly. Thank you, Lord, for the deacon board. I I pray for Randy and Ron, for Merrill and Dan, I pray for their wives, and I pray for the leadership of this church. I pray for the next pastor, that Lord, you'd begin even now preparing his heart to come. And Lord, may there be a desire for a spirit of revival. And when he arrives, may he see that the revival's already started and may he jump right in the middle of it, Father. We pray your blessing upon this church body, your keeping. And Father, continue to stir us, continue to draw us and continue to give us a hunger and a thirsting for more of you. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Love you, church family. Bless your heart.